This episode of Sleepy is proudly sponsored by ButcherBox. If you've listened to Sleepy for a while, you know that I love good food, eating well and treating my body right so that I can take on my days. Well, ButcherBox helps you do exactly that. They deliver super high quality, 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, crate-free pork, and wild-caught seafood right to your door. It's humanely raised, no antibiotics or added hormones. They have a huge variety to choose from. They are excellent deals. They've got recipes and guides and tips included, and there's free shipping, always. Eating well is a huge factor in getting a good night's sleep, as is sometimes saving the trip to the grocery store and taking some stress out of your daily schedule. I have been loving these deliveries for those reasons. Been cooking up their uh, steak tips with eggs in the morning with butter and scallions and soy sauce. And I also made a delicious brine chicken roast with lemon parsley gravy. So good. The prices for this kind of quality and convenience is really impressive. Uh, yeah, ButcherBox has made me very happy. So sign up at butcherbox.com sleepy and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com sleepy and use code sleepy to choose your free for a year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Butcherbox.com sleepy. Eat well, sleep well. Hey, my name's Otis Gray, and you're listening to Sleepy. A podcast where I read old books to help you get to sleep, and a proud member of the Airwave Podcast Network. I have got a wonderful, snoozy bedtime story for you tonight. But before we get to tonight's reading, I just want to thank all of our patrons on Patreon.com. Lisa Matlock, Maddie Steele, Josh Byers, Jackie Cape, Kathleen Daring, Susie Turner, and Doris Ann Allenson. Thank you all so, so much for donating and being a part of making this podcast and if you listening uh, are not a patron of Sleepy yet and would like to be a part of making this show and hear your name read in the opening credits um, just go to patreon.com slash sleepy radio and donate even a dollar a month at five dollars you get access to all kinds of extra poetry readings that are not on the main podcast feed, but no matter how much you donate, I will read your name in the opening credits of the next show after you do. So again, that's patreon.com slash sleepy radio. Thank you. And as always, the music you're hearing is by my good friend James Lepkowski, and the cover up for Sleepy is by Gracie Kanan. Tonight, I'm going to be reading a very requested uh, book or a series of stories that uh, a lot of people grew up with, and 
Uh, it's written and illustrated by Johnny Gruel. These are the stories of Raggedy Ann. It's pretty cool that even if you don't really remember what these stories are about, uh, Raggedy Ann itself is so iconic that you are picturing the doll in your head right now. And Johnny Gruel wrote all of these stories with the doll Raggedy Ann sitting on his desk, which I think is a really cool thing to know while you're listening to these stories. So tonight, I'm going to be starting with the story Raggedy Ann Learns a Lesson and uh, meander into some of her other stories. And now is the time for you to fluff up your pillow just how you like it. Feel yourself melt into your bed. Get real comfortable. Close your eyes. And let me read to you. Raggedy Ann Learns a Lesson One day, the dolls were left all to themselves. Their little mistress had placed them all around the room and told them to be nice children while she was away. And there they sat, and never even so much as wiggled a finger until their mistress had left the room. Then the soldier Dolly turned his head and solemnly winked at Raggedy Ann. And when the front gate clicked and the Dollies knew they were alone in the house, they all scrambled to their feet. Now, let's have a good time, cried the tin soldier. Let's all go in search of something to eat. Yes. Let's all go in search of something to eat, cried all the other dollies. When mistress had me out playing with her this morning, said Raggedy Ann, she carried me by a door near the back of the house, and I smelled something which smelled as if it would taste delicious. Then you lead the way, Raggedy Ann, cried the French dolly. I think it would be a good plan to elect Raggedy Ann as our leader on this expedition, said the Indian doll. At this, all the other dolls clapped their hands together and shouted, Hurrah, Raggedy Ann will be our leader. So, Raggedy Ann, very proud indeed to have the confidence and love of all the other dollies, said that she would be very glad to be their leader. Follow me, she cried as her wobbly legs carried her across the floor at a lively pace. The other dollies followed, racing about the house until they came to the pantry door. This is the place, cried Raggedy Ann. 
and sure enough, all the dollies smelled something which they knew must be very good to eat. But none of the dollies was tall enough to open the door, and, although they pushed and pulled with all their might, the door remained tightly closed. The dollies were talking and pulling and pushing, and every once in a while, one would fall over and the others would step on her in their efforts to open the door. Finally, Raggedy Ann drew away from the others and sat down on the floor. When the other dollies discovered Raggedy Ann sitting there, running her rag hands through her yarn hair, they knew she was thinking. Shh. They said to each other and quietly went over near Raggedy Ann and sat down in front of her. There must be a way to get inside, said Raggedy Ann. Raggedy says there must be a way to get inside, cried all the dolls. I can't seem to think clearly today, said Raggedy Ann. It feels as if my head were ripped. At this, the French doll ran to Raggedy Ann and took off her bonnet. Yes, there is a rip in your hand, Raggedy, she said, and pulled a pin from her skirt and pinned up Raggedy's head. It's not a very neat job, for I got some puckers in it, she said. Oh, that is ever so much better cried Raggedy Ann. Now I can think quite clearly. Now Raggedy can think quite clearly, cried all the dolls. My thoughts must have leaked out the rip before, said Raggedy Ann. They must have leaked out before, dear Raggedy, cried all the other dolls. Now that I can think so clearly, said Raggedy Ann, I think the door must be locked, and to get in, we must unlock it. That will be easy, said the Dutch doll, who says, Mama, when he is stiffed backward and forward, or we will have the brave tin soldier shoot the key out of the lock. I can easily do that, cried the tin soldier as he raised his gun. Oh, Raggedy Ann, cried the French dolly, please do not let him shoot. No, said Raggedy Ann, we must think of a quieter way. After thinking quite hard for a moment, Raggedy Ann jumped up and said, I have it, and she caught up the jumping jack and held him up to the door. Then Jack slid up his stick and unlocked the door. Then the dollies all pushed and the door swung open. My, such a scramble, 
the dolls piled over one another in their desire to be first at the goodies. They swarmed upon the pantry shelves and in their eagerness spilled a pitcher of cream which ran all over the French dolly's dress. The Indian doll found some cornbread and dipping it in the molasses he sat down for a good feast. A jar of raspberry jam was overturned and the dollies ate of this until their faces were all purple. The tin soldier fell from the shelf three times and bent one of his tin legs, but he scrambled right back up again. Never had the dolls had so much fun and excitement when they had all eaten their fill when they heard the click of the front gate. They did not take time to climb from the shelves, but all rolled or jumped off to the floor and scrambled back to their room as fast as they could run, leaving a trail of breadcrumbs and jam along the way. Just as their mistress came into the room, the dolls dropped in whatever positions they happened to be in. This is funny, cried mistress. They were all left sitting in their places around the room. I wonder if Fido has been shaking them up. Then she saw Raggedy Ann's face and picked her up. Why, Raggedy Ann, you are all sticky. I do believe you are covered with jam. And mistress tasted Raggedy Ann's hand. Yes, it's jam. Shame on you, Raggedy Ann. You've been in the pantry, and all the others too. And with this, the doll's mistress dropped Raggedy Ann on the floor and left the room. When she came back, she had on an apron and her sleeves were rolled up. She picked up all the sticky dolls and putting them in a basket, she carried them out under the apple tree in the garden. There she had placed her little tub and wringer and she took the dolls one at a time and scrubbed them with a scrubbing brush and soused them up and down and this way and that and the soap suds until they were clean. Then she hung them all out on the clothesline in the sunshine to dry. There the dolls hung all day, swinging and twisting about as the breeze swayed the clothesline. I do believe she scrubbed my face so hard she wore off my smile, said Raggedy Ann, after an hour of silence. No, it is still there, said the tin soldier, as the wind twisted him around so he could see Raggedy. 
but I do believe my arms will never work without squeaking. They feel so rusted, he added. Just then, the wind twisted the little Dutch doll and loosened his clothespan so that he fell to the grass below with a sawdusty bump and as he rolled over he said, Mama, in a squeaky voice. Late in the afternoon, the back door opened and the little mistress came out with the table and chairs. After setting the table, she took all the dolls from the line and placed them about the table. They had lemonade with grape jelly in it, which made it a beautiful lavender color, and little baby teeny-weeny cookies with powdered sugar on them. After this lovely dinner, the dollies were taken in the house, where they had their hair brushed and nice clean nighties put on. Then they were placed in their beds, and mistress kissed each one goodnight and tiptoed from the room. All the dolls lay as still as mice for a few minutes. Then Raggedy Ann raised up on her cotton-stuffed elbows and said, I have been thinking. Shush, said all the other dollies. Raggedy has been thinking. Yes, said Raggedy Ann. I have been thinking. Our mistress gave us the nice dinner out under the trees to teach us a lesson. She wished us to know that we could have had all the goodies we wished, whenever we wished, if we had behaved ourselves. And our lesson was that we must never take without asking what we could always have for the asking. So let us all remember, and try never again to do anything which might cause those who love us any unhappiness. Let us all remember, chimed all the other dollies. And Raggedy Ann, with a merry twinkle in her shoe button eyes, lay back in her little bed, her cotton head filled with thoughts of love and happiness. Raggedy Ann and the Washing Why, Dinah, how could you? Mama looked out of the window and saw Marcella run up to Dinah and take something out of her hand and then put her head in her arm and commence crying. What is the trouble, dear? Mama asked as she came out the door and knelt beside the little figure shaking with sobs. Marcella held out Raggedy Ann, but such a comical-looking Raggedy Ann. Mama had to smile in spite of her sympathy, for Raggedy Ann looked 
ridiculous. Dinah's big eyes rolled out in a troubled manner, for Marcella had snatched Raggedy Ann from Dinah's hand as she cried, Why, Dinah, how could you? Dinah could not quite understand, and as she dearly loved Marcella, she was troubled. Raggedy Ann was not in the least downhearted, and while she felt she must look very funny, she continued to smile, but with a more expansive smile than ever before. Raggedy Ann knew just how it all happened, and her remaining shoe-button eye twinkled. She remembered that morning when Marcella came to the nursery to take the nighties from the dolls and dress them. She had been cross. Raggedy Ann thought at the time perhaps she had climbed out of bed backwards, for Marcella complained to each doll as she dressed them. And when it came Raggedy's time to be dressed, Marcella was very cross, for she had snatched her finger on a pin when dressing the French doll. So, when Marcella heard the little girl next door calling to her, she ran out of the nursery and gave Raggedy Ann a toss from her as she ran. Now it happened, Raggedy lit in the clothes hamper and there she lay all doubled up in a knot. A few minutes afterwards, Dinah came through the hall with an armful of clothes and piled them up in a hamper on top of Raggedy Ann. Then Dinah carried the hamper out and back of the house where she did the washing. Dinah dumped all the clothes into the boiler and poured water on them. The boiler was then placed upon the stove. When the water began to get warm, Raggedy Ann wiggled around and climbed up amongst the clothes to the top of the boiler to peek out. There was too much steam and she could see nothing. For that matter, Dinah could not see Raggedy Ann either on account of the steam. So Dinah, using an old broom handle, stirred the clothes in the boiler, and the clothes and Raggedy Ann were stirred and whirled round until they were thoroughly boiled. When Dinah took the clothes a piece at a time from the boiler and scrubbed them, she finally came upon Raggedy Ann. Now Dinah did not know that Marcella had placed Raggedy in the clothes hamper to be washed, so she soaked Raggedy well and scrubbed her up and down over the rough washboard. Two buttons from the back of Raggedy Ann's dress came off 
and one of Raggedy Ann's shoe button eyes were loosened as Dinah gave her face a final scrub. Then Dinah put Raggedy Ann's feet in the ringer and turned the crank. It was hard work getting Raggedy through the ringer, but Dinah was very strong, and of course it happened. Raggedy Ann came through as flat as a pancake. It was just them that Marcella returned and saw Raggedy. Why, Dinah, how could you? Marcella had sobbed as she snatched the flattened Raggedy Ann from the bewildered Dinah's hand. Mama patted Marcella's hand and soon coaxed her to quit sobbing. When Dinah explained, that the first she knew of Raggedy being in the wash was when she took her from the boiler. Marcella began crying again. It was all my fault, Mama, she cried. I remember now that I threw dear old Raggedy in from me as I ran out the door, and she must have fallen in the clothes hamper. Oh dear, oh dear and she hugged Raggedy Ann tight. Mama did not tell Marcella that she had been cross and naughty, for she knew Marcella felt very sorry. Instead, Mama put her arms around her and said, just see how Raggedy Ann takes it. She doesn't seem to be unhappy. And when Marcella brushed her tears away and looked at Raggedy Ann, flat as a pancake, and with a cheery smile upon her painted face, she had to laugh. And Mama and Dinah had to laugh too, for Raggedy Ann's smile was almost twice as broad as it had been before. Just let me hang Miss Raggedy on the line in the bright sunshine for half an hour, said Dinah, and you won't know her when she comes off. So Raggedy Ann was pinned to the clothesline out in the bright sunshine where she swayed and twisted in the breeze and listened to the chatter of the robins in a nearby tree. Every once in a while, Dinah went out and rolled and patted Raggedy until her cotton stuffing was soft and dry and fluffy and her head and arms and legs were nice and round again. Then she took Raggedy Ann into the house and showed Marcella and Mama how clean and sweet she was. Marcella took Raggedy Ann right up to the nursery and told all the dolls just what had happened and how sorry she was that she had been so cross and peevish when she dressed them. And while the dolls said never a word, they looked at their little mistress with love in their eyes as she sat in the little red rocking chair and held Raggedy Ann tightly 
in her arms. And Raggedy Ann's remaining shoe button eye looked up at her little mistress in rather a saucy manner. But upon her face was the same old smile of happiness, good humor, and love. Raggedy Ann and the Kite Raggedy Ann watched with interest the preparations. A number of sticks were being fastened together with strings and covered with light cloth. Raggedy Ann heard some of the boys talk of the kite. So Raggedy Ann knew this must be a kite. When a tail had been fastened to the kite and a large ball of heavy twine tied to the front, one of the boys held the kite up in the air and another boy walked off, unwinding the ball of twine. There was a nice breeze blowing, so the boy with the twine called, let her go, and started running. Marcella held Raggedy up so that she could watch the kite sail through the air. How nicely it climbed. But suddenly, the kite acted strangely, and as all the children shouted advice to the boy with the ball of twine, the kite began darting this way and that, and finally making four or five loop-de-loops, it crashed to the ground. It needs more tail on it, one boy shouted. Then, the children asked each other where they might get more rags to fasten to the tail of the kite. Let's tie Raggedy Ann to the tail, suggested Marcella. I know she would enjoy a trip way up in the sky. The boys all shouted with delight at this new suggestion. So Raggedy Ann was tied to the tail of the kite. This time, the kite rose straight in the air and remained steady. The boy with the ball of twine unwound it until the kite and Raggedy Ann were way, way, way up and far away. How Raggedy Ann enjoyed being up there. She could see for miles and miles and how tiny the children looked. Suddenly, a great puff of wind came and carried Raggedy Ann streaming way out behind the kite. She could hear the wind singing on the twine as the strain increased. Suddenly, Raggedy Ann felt something rip. It was the rag to which she was tied. As each puff of wind caught her, the rip widened. When Marcella watched Raggedy Ann rise high above the field, she wondered how much Raggedy Ann enjoyed it and wished that she too 
might have gone along. But after the kite had been up in the air for five or ten minutes, Marcella grew restless. Kites were rather tiresome. There was more fun in tea parties out under the apple tree. Will you please pull down the kite now? She asked the boy with a twine. I want Raggedy Ann. Let her ride up there, the boy replied. We'll bring her home when we pull down the kite. We're going to get another ball of twine and let her go higher. Marcella did not like to leave Raggedy Ann with the boys, so she sat down upon the ground to wait until they pulled down the kite. But while Marcella watched Raggedy Ann, a dot in the sky, she could not see the wind ripping the rag to which Raggedy was tied. Suddenly, the rag parted, and Raggedy Ann went sailing away as the wind caught in her skirts. Marcella jumped from the ground, too surprised to say anything. The kite, released from the weight of Raggedy Ann, began darting and swooping to the ground. We'll get her for you, some of the boys said when they saw Marcella's troubled face and they started running in the direction Raggedy Ann had fallen. Marcella and the other girls ran with them. They ran and they ran and they ran, and at last they found the kite upon the ground with one of the sticks broken. But they could not find Raggedy Ann anywhere. She must have fallen almost in your yard, a boy said to Marcella, for the kite was directly over here when the doll fell. Marcella was heartbroken. She went in the house and lay on the bed. Mama went out with the children and tried to find Raggedy Ann, but Raggedy Ann was nowhere to be seen. When Daddy came home in the evening, he tried to find Raggedy, but met with no success. Marcella had eaten hardly any dinner, nor could she be comforted by Mama or Daddy. The other dolls in the nursery lay forgotten and were not put to bed that night, for Marcella lay and sobbed and tossed about her bed. Finally, she said a little prayer for Raggedy Ann and went to sleep. And as she slept, Marcella dreamed that the fairies came and took Raggedy Ann with them to Fairyland for a visit and then sent Raggedy Ann home to her. She awakened with a cry. Of course, Mama came to her bed right away and said that Daddy would offer a reward in the morning 
for the return of Raggedy. It was all my fault, Mama, Marcella said. I should not have offered the boys dear old Raggedy Ann to tie in the tail of the kite. But I just know the fairies will send her back. Mama took her in her arms and soothed her with cheering words, although she felt indeed that Raggedy Ann was truly lost and would never be found again. Now, where do you suppose Raggedy Ann was all this time? When Raggedy Ann dropped from the kite, the wind caught in her skirts and carried her along until she fell in the fork of the large elm tree directly over Marcella's house. When Raggedy Ann fell with a thud, face up in the fork of the tree, Two robins who had a nest nearby flew chattering away. Presently, the robins returned and quarreled at Raggedy Ann for laying so close to their nest. But Raggedy Ann only smiled at them and did not move. When the robins quieted down and quit their quarreling, one of them hopped up closer to Raggedy Ann in order to investigate. It was Mama Robin. She called to Daddy Robin and told him to come. See the nice yarn? We could use it to line the nest with, she said. So the robins hopped closer to Raggedy Ann and asked if they might have some of her yarn hair to line their nest. Raggedy Ann smiled at them. So the two robins pulled and tugged at Raggedy Ann's yarn hair until they had enough to line their nest nice and soft. Evening came and the robins sang their goodnight songs and Raggedy Ann watched the stars come out twinkle all night and disappear in the morning light. In the morning, the robins again pulled yarn from Raggedy Ann's head and loosened her so that she could peep over the side of the limb. And when the sun came up, Raggedy Ann saw she was in the trees in her own yard. Now before she could eat any breakfast, Marcella started out to find Raggedy Ann. And it was Marcella herself who found her, and this is how she did it. Mama Robin had seen Marcella with Raggedy Ann out in the yard many times, so she began calling, Cheery, Cheery. And Daddy Robin started calling, Cheery, Cheery, Cheera, Cheera, Cheerily, Cheerily, Cheery, Cheery. And Marcella, looking up into the tree above the house to see the robins, discovered Raggedy Ann peeping over the limb at her. 
Oh, how her heart beat with happiness. Here is Raggedy Ann, she shouted. And Mama and Daddy came out and saw Raggedy smiling at them. And Daddy got the clothes prop and climbed out of the attic window and poked Raggedy Ann out of the tree. And she fell right into Marstella's arms where she was hugged in a tight embrace. You'll never go up on a kite again, Raggedy Ann, said Marcella, for I felt so lost without you. I will never let you leave me again. So Raggedy Ann went into the house and had breakfast with her little mistress, and Mama and Daddy smiled at each other when they peeped through the door into the breakfast room. For Raggedy Ann's smile was wide and very yellow. Marcella, her heart full of happiness, was feeding Raggedy Ann part of her egg. Thank you for listening to Sleepy. Good night.